Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Co-host Ryan Matthews. Ryan, how are you doing today? Oh man, it's canoe racing season, so I am excellent. Yes, it is. It is also like 70 degrees, so I am excellent as well. Canoe racing and 70 degrees seems to go together. Um, Who do we have today for the listeners in the studios? All right, so today's episode, we have uh, Michelle LaProd, a really good female paddler from Canada, and Shannon Isendorf, a really good female paddler from Texas. Boy, welcome to the show, Shannon, Michelle. How are you two doing today? Doing really good. Yeah, doing great, too. Good, good. Now, I have to ask, we have a huge gap, maybe a world record gap between podcast guests today. I did the math. It's a 29-hour drive to go from Shannon to Michelle. 29 hours. Um, What's the weather like up in Quebec right now? It's actually quite nice. I mean, I guess it's about 20 Celsius, so I don't know what that translates to, but it's been finally sunny for a few days now it's getting nice okay okay now shannon what is the weather like down in texas since we've got a 29 hour drive and most of it's like north south with some east in there (laughs) well today has been drizzly all day um we're gonna have a whole week of rain it looks like um it's only about 70 and gray out so it was actually like 73 and sunny here in the Asalvo River, River Valley today. I would say we had better weather than Texas. We'll take it. Probably doesn't happen all that often. No, not at all. But they all like to be here when it's like 900 degrees in July, right? <laughs> I'll be there second week in June. That's awesome. We're looking forward to it. Hey, uh, Ryan, before we get started with uh, the Texas River Marathon and Canton portion of the show, why don't you give us a rundown on the uh, BIG race results? The big race happened uh, just recently here in Michigan. Give us the rundown on the those results. Yeah, the big race, the Bellar Lake Intermediate River Grass River race. Uh, we saw 28 teams that raced the C2, uh, excuse me, 29 teams that raced the C2. And Ryan Halstead and Mike Davis ended up pulling out the win uh, by just a few seconds over Weston Willoughby and Matt Mearsman. Uh, third place, we had uh, Danny Medina, Dane Trudgeon. Dane's, uh, man, he's so young and up and coming. It's it's really fun seeing him already in the top five. Uh, we got Doug Dahlman and Pete Mead in fourth, Colin Hunter and Kyle Stonehouse in fifth. The, okay. uh, that was the Sunday race. How did the uh, the C1 race go? And did we have any women's or mixed teams there in the C2 race on Sunday? We did. We uh, we had uh, Ben Tarbutton and Mary Schlimmer Willoughby, fourteenth uh, overall. Overall, they they won the mixed class. And uh, Rebecca Davis and Cecily Boogie, sixteenth uh, overall, winning the women's class. Excellent. And then Saturday's race there was the C1 race. Um, I have to say, 
at first I was bummed not to be racing that. I hadn't planned on racing that. Um, and then it was like, oh yeah, I'm feeling good. Even though I said I wasn't going to race in April C1, I'm going to do the big race. And then the forecast turned to 40 degrees and rain. Ben got a hold of me and was like, hey, Bill, we're short timers. Can you time? And I was like, yeah, timing sounds better than 40 degrees and rain. But, you know, <laughs> watching uh, when it's a course that you really like is kind of a bummer. So walk us through the C1 results. All right. Well, Mike Davis won by uh, over a minute and a half uh, over Danny Medina in second. Uh, Weston Willoughby pulled up the third place spot in Pete Mead in fourth. Uh, Carson Burmeister rounded out the top five. And then Mary Schlimmer Willoughby was 15th overall, and she was the top woman of the day. And Cecily Boogie was the second woman of the day in 24th overall. Uh, 34 teams or 34 paddlers did the C1 race at, at the big race, and uh, it looks like it was a pretty good turnout. Fantastic turnout for 40 degrees and rain. Um, that race is a lot of fun. And I, the course that uh, Ben Tarbutton has laid out there is really challenging, yet uh, not too tricky. He and I were talking about it, and it's almost the, the perfect beginner's C1 course in that you've got a lake aspect, you've got some downriver, you've got some upriver. It has everything that you'd really want in a canoe race and a buoy turn, obviously. Um, just a fantastic course in general. Um, let's move on to the Texas River Marathon. Shannon, congratulations. Welcome to the show. How was it down in Texas? It was hot that day. It was kind of our first big hot day of the season. I think uh, a lot of us weren't really prepared for that physically. Um, just the toll that the heat takes on you. It was, I think it was 90, but the feels like temp was over 100. Um, and it just hasn't been like that yet this season. So no one's kind of conditioned to it yet. And uh, we went off the start line. We had about 113 teams. Uh, we were the rain we had rain the week before and so the river gauge was really high the week before so we were all really pumped like oh man this is gonna be a fast course super pumped and then it just slowly died off as the week went on and then unfortunately two days prior to the race they closed the gonzalez dam and oh, so, yeah, so there was a huge lull in the river flow, which happened to coincide with our race course. And so it was a very low, hot river marathon this year. And uh, so it, we, it took a lot longer for the teams to finish this year than prior years. And we also had an 18 mile an hour headwind, which in a C2 it's a big, you know, it's that wide open river. So the wind could really get to you and hold you back. Um, so we had lots of conditions against us, but everyone, the big boats kind of really benefit from this course because it's open and it's wide and it's not very technical. So it's not a lot of like driving and you just have to have a lot of horsepower um, and just kind of hit it. Um, so our underdog team, which won once again for the second big race uh, the season over what we would, you know, normally call as our front runners. Um, so that was a big upset. And uh, 
I think 50% of the field, it took them over six hours to complete the course this year. So it was long and it was hot. But uh, Gwen and I had a really good time. We got to, Gwen had a baby about nine months ago. And so it was fun to get back out there with her. And uh, we got to ride some teams and do some wake riding and do some shallow popping and kind of really come up with a race strategy as we were on the fly. So it was a good day. That That is awesome. Now, this is what, uh, like a 34-mile stretch, something like that? Yeah, it was 34 miles. Um, it was, you know, it's it's pretty wide. There's some good, there's a couple of good rapids in there uh, that you kind of got to pick through the rocks. But otherwise, it's pretty straight. Okay, for pretty much a blast then. And I got to say that at some point in Junction, the underdog team is no longer the underdog and turns into the favorite. And, and that's uh, Nate Tart, James Lowe, David Ernst. Ryan Martinez, Sean Boyette, and Jason Cade, right? That's the team in the uh, the 24-24 boat. That is them. They have a, a lot of horsepower. They've put in a ton of time and training this year. Um, I train with them uh, quite a bit. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have a group that goes out. And so I've got to witness how much effort that they've put in this year. And, you know, effort pays off. Yeah, that, absolutely. Absolutely. Effort, effort pays off. Now, the, the team in second, uh, that was the 13-13. That was Andrew Condy, Kyle Isendorf, uh, William Russell, Gaston Jones, Clay Wyatt, and Brian Jones. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I assume both these teams are going in the in the TWS. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out or no. So um, the teams are both. The, so it's a placement race wherever you place in the race um last weekend will determine your start line position for safari um but my son is not racing in that second boat uh dodd yeager who is my ensemble partner he is out working right now and so he will be in that boat in place of kyle okay okay very good um further down through the uh the third place boat uh and the first tandem unlimited was Tommy and Jonathan Yonley. Um, fourth place boat was another six man uh, with David Kaiser, Cole Brazil. I'm probably going to mess this up. It's Je- Cole Brazil. Brazil? Right on. Yeah. You know these names better than me. Uh, what's the rest of the names on that team? Going to put you on the um, spot. I know Yusuf is on that team. Okay. And, and Alex Johnson. Leonard. Alex Leonard. I think Cole Brazil's brother is on there. Yep. There's two Brazils, yep. Okay, and I can't remember who the sixth one is. Sam Hanna. I don't know that I know him very well. I am awful with names, so <laughs> you do helping me out there. Uh, fifth place was our first USCA C2, and that was Kyle and Logan Minar. Oh my goodness, if you could see a video of those two taking off from the start line... It is insane the amount of speed that they had coming off the start line. It was, they were like rockets. I think someone has drone footage of that. Now you're going to make me look to see if I can find it and share it on the Facebook page. Now, challenge accepted. I I gotta, they came it. off the start line before both six, six mans. Like they were clearly in front. Wow. 
they have bo- they've both been working on their their takeoffs so it's that's excellent to see the progress yeah kyle miner is definitely he's he's a stout c2 bowman um i've paddled stern for him before and he is very steady he doesn't say a whole lot but he's got a lot of intensity For sure, for sure. I think that's why they call him the Honey Badger, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, I wish I had a cool nickname like the Honey Badger. That's awesome. Well, you are the Neon Bandit. Oh, yeah, but it's not <laughs> the Honey Badger. Come on. <laughs> so. yeah, Kyle, Kyle is tough as nails. Uh, he, he paddles through injury and is still super fast. It's incredible. Sure. Uh, going a little further back through the lineup, uh, first on limited women, I th- and I think they had a little bit of trouble at the start line. Uh, was that Let's Go Girls with Lydia, Caitlin, Cecily, and Morgan? Uh, yeah. So our start line, it's kind of nobody is really told where to start. Um, the veteran paddlers kind of know where they should start. And so a lot of the newer people will place themselves on the front line and like not realizing that you have these boats that are coming up behind you and they have a lot of horsepower and you need to, you know, you need to make sure that you're watching out because they, they can't stop like a solo boat can. When you have six people in a boat, that's 1200 pounds plus the boat coming at you. Um, And so we had several people line up, not really where they should have been. the girls, you know, they lined up right. Morgan is a phenomenal driver. I don't know. You guys have never been in the boat with her, but that girl can point a boat and thread it through any needle that she needs to. Um, and they just, we still don't even know how they flipped. It was just kind of mass chaos when you have 113 boats and it was super shallow. And so the whole left side of the river is a really long, shallow shoal kind of. And so what happens is when all the boats start running down the river on the right, it throws off these massive waves that kind of curl up on that shoal. And I'm assuming that they got one of those and it kind of knocked them off. Um, But there's a lot of stern hooking that happens at the start line and just kind of bumper boats. And everyone's pretty cordial. You know, we all understand like there's no structure. And so we're all trying to get down the river and so everyone's kind of surprisingly really nice about, hey, you just hit me and stern hooked me and threw me into the bank, but it's cool. A, a bit of organized chaos. Right. Now, how, how much do one of those unlimited boats weigh? So I think, I'm not positive, but I think the six mans weigh like 100 pounds or more. Uh, my, I think my tandem boat is like 45 pounds. So, I mean, it just depends on like which one of these unlimited boats you're in. Like my solo boat weighs way more than my C1. It probably weighs a good 10 pounds more than my C1. Well, the, the, the four man and six man boats, those must just be a pain when they're swamped and full of water trying to get them dumped out and going again after, a you know, kind of getting rolled out at the start or whatnot. 
Yeah, they got rolled out, and I don't think that they got all the water out when they went to dump it. And so when they got back in, they then rolled again. And Help so, me. yeah, and so then they were like, okay, we, we definitely have to get all the water out this time. And so, and then they came barreling down the river like a rocket because they came and passed Gwen and I. And I'm like, what are y'all doing behind me? Where did you come from? I got to ask on your starts down there. Um, is everybody kind of creeping or do they kind of honor the start line or? So I think at the river marathon, we kind of all line up even with the boat ramp and then they do the two minute warning and everyone kind of starts floating there's not like a lot of back paddling happening because i think that when that starts happening then the boats kind of get a little crooked um because you have a rudder and they're not as easy to keep straight when you're back paddling and so they kind of just little float forward until the gun goes off and we actually had like a real gun this year it was really loud okay Right on. No, that's interesting. It, it kind of the reason why I asked that was I had the opportunity to start the the big race uh, that we were talking about earlier on the show. And as all the C1s were sitting there waiting to go and the, the time is counting down. I thought, oh, I'm going to have a little fun with this. I hate it when people yell back up, but I'm going to yell back up and see if they actually back up. And they did. I was like, oh, these people are actually listening to me. This is, I didn't expect that to happen. Well, that's funny. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Somebody says, oh, he's that. They're never going to back up. And then they backed up and they were like, yeah, they actually backed up. Yeah. What can I say? So, um, cool. A couple other people that I want to just kind of point out from the results. Um, First solo and limited man, Fred Minar in 10th place. Um, and then right behind Fred in 11th was actually our first adult youth team, in which was the first mixed tandem unlimited of Ian and Adelaide Rolls. Um, it's really fun to, to watch the kids paddle. Uh, you guys do a great job down in Texas of getting youths involved. And obviously you do a great job of getting women involved. Um, so that's, uh, to me, that's that's pretty crazy pretty impressive is there anybody else on here that uh you'd like to give a shout out to shannon i think that adelaide did really well this year i got the chance to kind of see her coming off the start line she doesn't i don't typically see her with a double blade i see her doing a lot more single blading so i was happy to see her doing a lot more double blading in this race um she did really well joe Miner got back out in the boat this year he's on a team um so that's really exciting to see um he hasn't raced uh, a lot of safaris recently um who else the cowboys have put together a team and they didn't have their full team for the prelim but my son has now joined their team and they're gonna have a good time out there um which which team is the cowboys so they're kind of famous in texas they have a cowboy team every year yes Dude, you gotta, I can't believe you don't know who the Cowboys are. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I think they've had a team, I don't, forever, as far as I could ever imagine. And it's, they always paddle this super heavy six man. And it's normally John DuPont and John Mark. And then there's, you know, several other guys that kind of rotate in and out. And uh, this year, 
they lost one of their paddlers pretty late in the season, uh, kind of toward prelim. And so my son wasn't going to race this year. And they called him and was like, hey, can you race with us? And so he has joined their team. He's excited about it. And uh, Wade Binion's on that team. He did so, he did the Osable last year. And yep. uh, his dad is on the team. And he's also actually done Osable back in the day. Is that Pete? Pete yep. Binion? Yeah. Pete Binion. Um, and Molly Binion's also racing with um, Lily Jones. And she's an up-and-coming woman paddler that we're really excited about. She's, you know, raced the last few safaris. With her dad, Gaston, um, he did Osaba last year. Yep. And so I think we're just, we've got a lot more women coming up. And so the women contingency in Texas just keeps getting bigger. It's fun to watch all of this race, you know, and the girls are just doing real good. Yeah, b- bigger and faster. I got to ask, I'm going to put you on the spot. Where do you think Let's Go Girls ends up? in the water safari i think that they'll probably get third and that's depending on how tommy and john yon do um john yon has been off i think working for most of the training season and so he hasn't had the opportunity to build the paddling hours like everybody else and normally tommy and john yon are very solid rolling in third place normally when they go tandem or I don't know that they've gotten second but I'm pretty sure that they get normally get third and uh so depending on how Tommy and John Yon do will depend on how the girls will do unless one of the two big six mans fall apart um which is always possible you know especially if it's a low water year the lower the water the worse the conditions the better the girls do and so if it continues to be low water here, which it has been, um, I think the girls will have a good shot of third unless one of the six mans fall apart. And then they could probably pull in a second. That's because the girls are just tougher, right? Like, we can admit it. It's okay. I mean, I think if the Osable was another, like, 50 or 60 miles, the girls would be in the top five. Oh, by far. Yeah, clearly, clearly. So it's interesting that you brought that up. That's actually a great conversation that I've had with different people before of the three triple crown races. Okay. The race that would be most likely to be won by a women's team is in in my opinion, the Asable, um, because it's long enough that, uh, the endurance factor kicks in and they can overcome some of the, you know, some of the other challenges there. Um, yeah some of the other aspects of it so it is i it could happen like i don't think that our bodies wear down as fast i think that we have more fat stores and so we can just go more even keel for longer and so the longer it is the better we're gonna do i tend to agree with you on this seems we have maybe less of a peak speed or you know a little boost but we seem to be able to go steady fast for maybe longer at times for sure on that note michelle let's jump over to uh to canton since we have one of the short list of women that i think could win the asable in michelle laprade why don't you walk us through canton this this past weekend 
Um, sure. So, I mean, Canton for, um, so for us, it was really the first race, like the first real race of the season. Um, we'd been spending the last 10 days in cold rain and wind and hail um, paddling at home. So when we got to Canton, it was sunny and it was very decent temperature and not that windy. So that was pretty awesome. Um, I hadn't been to Canton in four years. I've only been there once before I raced C2 in 2019. So for me to see one race was the first time I went there. Um, so that was uh, quite exciting, stressful a bit too, but it was very exciting to have everyone there. Um, lots of boats on the line. The women on the second wave, we got to hear all of the guys um, smashing paddles and colliding boats and saw a few of them tip over on the start while we were waiting to go behind them. So that was a, a little bit exciting. And then we got to start our own race and have some fun. Congratulations on your C1 victory, by the way. That is an incredible field of C1 women's paddlers. And you came out on top. Uh, walk us through your race. Uh, thanks. So I... It was it was a great it was a really really good race for me. Um, I I've been racing the Quebec girls, so I've raced Sarah Lessard and Eve Chamberlain, and I've been racing them all year last year. So I have an idea that you know if it's a an easy course and it's a flat course and it's not too wavy, I know I'm probably faster than they are. If it's more technical, I'm not quite as strong yet as they are. So. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect in Canton. Then Mary, I had never raced again. I know she's really, really fast. Um, I thought Rebecca might be racing, but I guess that didn't end up happening. Um, so uh, the start was a little bit of a hit or miss, but I knew they would be ahead of me. Um, I ended up, you know, I, I think I was third at the bottom buoy. Then I passed Sarah a little bit after, and then Mary and I kind of, traded places for a good half, maybe a little bit more of the race. Um, I probably made it a little bit more exciting than it needed to be um, <laughs> with some mistakes here and there, um, but she was a good sport. Um, and yeah, I thought she was following me all the way onto the little river at the bottom. Um, I, I knew I had a canoe right behind me. I was sure it was her that she was on my tail. So I was trying to go as fast as I could so I could stay ahead of her. And then it turned out it was somebody else. It was Bill Toronto. Um, so I was quite surprised. Um, I did not expect to be ahead of her, let alone be ahead of her clear by more than like a second. So I guess for me, it just felt better as the race went on. So the Little River was my favorite part of the race. And I kind of could have kept going at the end, but it was still okay to finish. So I was great. Excellent. Congratulations again on your victory. That's a, a really big accomplishment. I mean, they bill that as one of the biggest C1 races, if not the biggest one, you know, in the sport. And you walked away a winner, and not only a winner, but a winner by a minute, uh, what, a minute and a half, if yeah. I remember the results right. A minute yeah. and a half, yeah. Um, Ryan, give us the rundown on the uh, C1 Pro Men side of things. Well, the uh, C1 at Canton was uh, really exciting. Uh, photo finish between Steve Lejoie and Mike Davis. Um, some stories I had heard um, that 
even the timers weren't sure who won and they were asking the paddlers who they thought was ahead. Uh, luckily, there was someone with a camera and, and it showed Steve's bow just barely ahead of Mike's. And then uh, third was Ryan Stepka uh, from uh, Quebec. Fourth, Chris Isendorf from Texas. Fifth, Danny Medina from Michigan. And sixth was Jimmy Pellerin from Quebec. Ryan's actually my husband. So that was his first C1 race in Canton as well. And he did really, really well. So he was pretty happy with that too. Holy catfish. So he was third in, in his first pro, wow. his first start at Canton? Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and he, he got the only penalty of the whole race because he missed a pre-race briefing that said you had to finish between the buoy and the dock, which I've heard is new since last year. So um, he finished on the other side of the buoy and got a penalty, which luckily didn't change anything for him. But um, that made other people laugh a little bit. <laughs> no, I... Are you going to remind him of that from time to time? Like, <laughs> not too often. <laughs> hey, that one time. <laughs> yeah, the the C one field at Canton was uh, very competitive. Um, not a lot of time between boats, and even the top thirty really. Uh, only fourteen minutes between first and thirtieth. So. Uh, very competitive race. For yeah, sure. the, the women got to like catch up on some of the guys, and we got to have a little bit of fun with the second half of the C1 guys. It was nice. How did you do at the first buoy turn? Um, it was, I mean, our start was basically the 60 and over men, plus the, I think, seven women, six or seven women that were there. Um, I'm not great at turns, so I rudder around all my turns. So I basically ruddered outside of Sarah because I figured, well, I could have gone, I could have been nasty, but I didn't see the point of sending both of us swimming one mile into the race. So I just ruddered around the turn and I knew then we were going upstream and I'd have, you know, enough time, plenty of time to make my move going up. Um, Hopefully one day I'll be better at turns and stuff like that. So I don't have to rely on the rest, but for now it works well. But it was an interesting. I think the I'm guys also terrible at C1. Sorry, go ahead. Christoph said, uh, Chris said that him and Christoph had some issues at the buoy turn. Yeah, I, I heard. I know at least um, when we started, we saw two C1s that were in the water right after the start. And then Ryan told me that, um, at least a boat, if not more, tipped at the buoy turn at the bottom. And like the guys were like, they were all crashing against one another right off the start. We could hear them. So I'm not surprised to hear that they had issues at the buoy turn. I think our turn was much more civilized. <laughs> so in that, the, the seven women's yeah. competitors, we had you in first, Michelle, Mary Schlimmer Willoughby in second. Sarah Lassard in third, Ev Chamberlain in fourth, uh, Phoebe Reese in fifth, Gloria Wesley sixth, and Tina Pham in seventh. Um, four of the seven women paddlers were actually from Quebec. Um, how far is it from uh, roughly where you paddle and train in Quebec to get down to Canton? 
Um, so it depends, funnily enough, for me, um, the, Canter, the, the Canton race is actually the closest race, except the one local race. It's the closest one. It's an hour and 40 or so, including crossing the border. Um, the people that are in Shewinigan, it's probably a little bit longer. I'm not sure how long it takes them. I would guess probably four hours, maybe. Um, but it's quite close to where we are. Okay, so this is this is pretty pretty close to home then. Yeah, yeah, it's almost a local it's, race. Yeah, practically a local race. I'd say it's in your backyard. <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, let's uh let's jump over to the C two race in Canton. Um, Ryan, why don't you give us the uh the C two Pro Men's results? Oh, well, Steve Lajoie and Wes Dean took first place by 10 seconds over Guillaume Blay and Mike Davis. Um, I was hearing some comments about how this is kind of a, a season preview for how uh, other races this year might go. And, and if so, that's a really close result for the top two boats. Uh, third place and just a couple minutes, a uh, minute and a half or so behind the winners was Ryan Zavarel and Jimmy Pellerin. Ryan had a really solid C2 and C1 race by the looks of it. Uh, in fourth place, we had Christoph Prue and Ryan Halstead. And in fifth place, Chris Isendorf and Carson Burmeister. Uh, sixth place was Serge Page and uh, Louis, Louis Simon Pruneau. Uh, seventh was Shane McDowell and Danny Medina. And eighth was Normand Ming. I, I never say his name right. Is it Mongi? Mongi and Christophe Marchand. Okay. And then Michelle, you raced women's, correct? With uh, Sylvie? Yeah, I raced women with Sylvie Nadeau. And then the only other women's crew was Mary with uh, Megan Roberts. Um, they did amazing. Um, I watched a video from the start. We saw them from the back because we had some issues on the start, but they they were flying out there. Uh, we got some little trouble before the horn went off, so we ended up starting like 25 meters behind everyone. So it was um, pretty wavy and all over the place going down. So it wasn't an ideal start, but we still had a reasonably good race after that, and we climbed back. But yeah, the um, Megan and Mary were awesome. Yeah, no, we're all very familiar with Mary. Uh, Megan Roberts is a name that not a lot of people know about in the marathon world. She has did some marathon paddling. Um, if I understand correct and know her background correct, she is huge in the dragon boat world, right? Um, really yeah. strong, strong paddler. And, and Michelle, if you know better than me, like uh, walk me through like what you know of her. I, I met Megan at a dragon boat camp um, in Florida some years ago. Um, I think she was steering one of the boats there and I was doing outrigger at the time. Um, we were both at Dragon Boat Worlds in Welland in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I think Mary was there as well. Um, but yeah, I know she's done. Um, I know she's done quite a lot of dragon boats. She's still doing some. Um, and she's doing lots of outrigger as well. So there's not, I was talking with her um, Sunday while 
we were driving back and um, she was saying there's not much of a marathon community around Philly. There's maybe more, you know, outrigger, but she's a super strong paddler for sure. I got a chance to paddle near her in Florida this year. She came to uh, the training camp and did Women's Day. Uh, she showed up with Kelly Truitt and uh, she got to jump in the stern that day and and she did really well and she's super strong. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, she did. Uh, the, she did the Clinton last year, right? I have no idea. Stats guy on this, Ryan. Look this up quick while we're talking. Uh, Megan Roberts Triple Crown Clinton results. Um, it, it's amazing the ability for me, anyways, of the dragon boat paddlers to get in a marathon boat. Um, and really go as fast as they can and as, and as hard as they can, because it's not like you have to balance the dragon boat, so to speak. Whereas uh, when you're paddling a, a USCA C2, there's a also a balance aspect to it, and they can master that balance and still put that level of power in. Um, former podcast guest Katie Pack is a perfect example in my mind of a crossover athlete with a really, really high ceiling in this sport coming over from dragon boat paddling and outrigger paddling, you know, OC1, OC2. So, Michelle, do you do a lot of uh, outrigger paddling or dragon boat paddling or primarily uh, sit and switch marathon style canoe paddling? Um, pretty much only marathon now, but I started out, um, I started out as a dragon boater after I stopped swimming um, then I moved on to outrigger because I realized I like that better. And I actually haven't touched my outrigger in two years. It's just sitting in storage and I haven't taken it out because last time I took it out, I thought the AMA felt like it was annoyingly leaning me to one side. So I've only done marathon in the last two years, but I'm, I, I'm still handing out, like hanging on to my OC and hopefully I'll use it again at some point. Yeah, hang on to your roots, right? Hang on to your roots. Yeah. Uh, I I think a, a variety of paddling can only make you better in the sport. Um, Shannon and the rest of the Texas contingency has really proven that to me in that not only do they single blade, but they double blade very, very well as well. Um, Shannon, would you say that there's a big like crossover between the two? I think that... Um... The double blading is more cardio for me anyways, than, or the single blading is more cardio and the double blading is more muscle. And so, cause there's a lot of rotation in the double blading, which really works on your core. Okay. So one is more muscular, one is more cardio based. Interesting. Um, very interesting. All right, Ryan, going to put you on the spot again. Have you had a chance to look it up? Yes, uh, Megan Roberts raced the Clinton last year with Kelly Truitt. Okay. Well, somebody needs to get her to a Sobble and get her to Schwinnigan. Um, that way she can do the other legs of the Triple Crown. Absolutely. You know, you, you were speaking of dragon boat paddlers. Um, we actually have a pair of dragon boat paddlers uh, coming from Germany this year to race some triple count races. So it's, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. I think. For sure. Let's jump back to Canton. 
there was a pretty decent mixed field, if I remember correctly from the results. Give us the rundown on that, Ryan. Uh, um, Ryan Stepka, Gloria Wesley uh, were the first mixed team, uh, ninth overall. Uh, Adam Jelinas and Sarah Lassard in 12th overall was the second mixed team. And Ev Chamberlain and Michael Schlimmer in 13th, uh, only a few seconds behind Adam and Sarah as the third mixed team. Okay, right on. Um, now, Michelle, do you still hold bragging rights over Ryan for being the C1 champion and second in women's, or does he lay claim to the bragging rights for his C2 Pro mixed victory with Gloria? None. <laughs> we don't really talk about it. I think he was quite happy with um, for me, and then I was really happy for him. And I think him and Gloria did so amazingly well. Um, they weren't supposed to race together, but Gloria messaged me two weeks ago to say that she didn't have a partner anymore. And then I was like, hey, I don't think Ryan has a partner right now. You guys should race together. And they did so well. I wasn't surprised, but um, they just they just did really well. Oh, that's that's excellent. Um, with the water levels out there, did it did it look like one model of boat was more successful than the rest? What, what I would assume, uh, Stephen West were in a Corbin. What did you and Sylvie run, and what did Ryan and Gloria run? Um, Ryan and Gloria, I think, were in a JD Pro. Um, Sylvia has a 2010. Uh, I think the boats were all over the place, just like in C1. I have a J193, and then Mary has a new um, U18, I believe. And I think I think there were there was a little bit of every every type of boat. The water was higher than some other years, but it was already noticeably lower on Sunday compared to Saturday. Okay, so higher and and dropping. Yeah. So it would be excellent. Excellent. Well, I appreciate both of you for coming on the show tonight. Um, Ryan, what do we have for upcoming races? Ah, uh, well, the Kakalan race in Michigan uh, is coming up on May 20th, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then the Ed Wessels Canoe Regatta in New York. And then uh, before we know it, the General Clinton Canoe Regatta, uh, the first First uh, first stage of the Triple Crown uh, that comes uh, Memorial Day weekend. Be here before we know it. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, Shannon, is there any races, uh, Texas or Quebec, that you want to point out? Shout out coming up. Um, I think the only one that the big one we got coming up is the Safari and everyone's kind of gearing up to that. Yeah, and we got to do a whole like pre-safari episode, so we do really like lean into it this year. That's your next big one down there. Anything going on up in Quebec? Um, there's uh, there's a small race coming up next weekend, but I think some of us are going down to do the Ed Wessels instead. So I think most people here are really gearing up for um, to Gerald Clinton as well. For the General Clinton, a- absolutely, absolutely. I think at this point everybody is focused in on the Clinton. Um, Arca Colin race, it'll, it'll obviously happen, but it's so close to the Clinton. Who knows what people will actually do? Um, and then with the Wessels, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, real quick, 
In case people missed it, the start of the Kakolan race has been changed. The starting location this year. Uh, figured I'd give that shout out on the episode. Uh, once again, Shannon and Michelle, thank you very much for coming on tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, until next time, keep paddling on. Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. Be sure to visit the website at CanoeRaceWorld.com and don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time, keep paddling. Keep paddling.